Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. I'll uh, welcome everyone. This is the first episode of season two of Course with Good Ideas. Uh, I guess we'll have a fresh start because our last episode was uh, kind of a mess. Um, we tried to record this uh, end of the year wrap up around Christmas, so maybe it was around uh, January or something. But it was pretty terrible mm. because we, we were so many people and we were recorded in different formats and I tried to mix it and it was just uh, eventually decided that it was best not to spend too much time on mixing it. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so we're, we're starting again with a proper episode, uh, scaling back a little. Um, and today we have Asa Roast. Is Roast your hey. actual surname? That is my actual surname. Okay, yes. I, I don't know why I always thought it was a, kind of a Twitter. Yeah, people think that quite often. Part of it. Yes, no, no, no. Okay. That is like unabbreviated. My actual name is a Roast. Okay, so he's a Roast. Welcome. Uh, and there is hey. also my fellow co-host Dino and Jonathan, who has also been around uh, for previous episodes. So you're both in Australia. Where are you? We're both in Bendigo, Victoria. Okay. Which is a small city. Is it, it's a small town about. Small town. Is it where you live? Well, no, we're actually here for my... I'm here for my brother's wedding on Sunday. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. So we're frantically... After this, I have to go and perform wedding things. Traditional so. Australian... Well, I have to get make sure my brother has all his clothes. Right, okay. Mm-hmm. And do you know you're staying... Well, it's, not, it's a very Western wedding. Australian Western or, or like global Western? Australian wedding. <laughs> I don't go to very many weddings, so okay. I'm learning. Uh, do you know yeah, you're staying a few days? Nah, just for the day. Oh, just for the day. Okay. What about you, Asa? You're in. Uh, where are you? I am in uh, Leeds, in northern England, uh, okay. and I am like perched in a spare bedroom at one a.m. Uh, looking out, I, I can see like a really beautiful like moon uh, rising over the horizon, just like this like crescent moon uh, over this nighttime sky. Wow, um, that's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm in Taipei. I just woke up. It's it's 8.30 a.m. I'm kind of concerned because yesterday at 9 or something, um, they started making some renovation works in my building. So it suddenly started, everything started trembling like jackhammer sounds. So I hope it doesn't mm. happen again. But mm. at least we should have half an hour. Well, I might move somewhere. So this episode uh, will be about or is about writing a PhD. I think that was the idea, or or yeah. dealing with a PhD. Um, yeah, so that sounds. Good. I think the I yeah, I think the the idea came about because Dino just submitted his dissertation uh, yeah. a week ago, maybe. Asa as well. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, Asa as well. I actually submitted mine uh, over a month ago now. Okay. Uh, I'm, yeah. I've still not. I've still not had my viva, so I'm still in that kind of weird in between phase. I think Dino too, right? You're still waiting for. Like, I'm still waiting for the results. Results. Okay. So mm. you guys, so you, we don't we don't have a viva. You both Sorry. don't have vivas, or, or Asa? Do you? No, in the UK they do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. In the UK we do. So I'm, I'm have my viva in like another month from now. But in Australia oh. you. And if, in Australia, you don't. You just like they just. It's just like submitting an essay, and they kind of read it. We haven't historically had vivas, but we will be having them. They're coming in. So people starting now will have them. Mm-hmm. It's up to each university. So when you submit, like in the, in your case, you know, you submit it, and then you, you're gonna wait for reviewers' comments, and then you might have to do revisions, or you just pass or not pass. 
Yeah, I mean, I might have to do, like say, it would be, say, no, vis- no revision, major revision, minor revision, okay. whatever. But it will be just that. It, that won't be a viva. Mm. Okay. But Asa, in your case, you you submitted a kind of final version and then now the examiners are reading it and then you will have yeah, I okay. Yeah, it's that. I have to, I submitted like a um, paper version, which is, I mean, yeah, so it's not quite a final version and right. it's like the examiner's copies and they get these copies to read through and then they give them back with all their kind of annotations on them and we have a meeting where they uh, grill me on it in some sense. Um, right. And then I have to do whatever corrections they suggest or demand. And um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's exactly how it worked in Hong Kong for Mm. me. So I I finished my PhD three years ago. Mm. Exactly. Yeah, exactly three years ago. I think I graduated in March. So I got my uh, official diploma and whatever in March. But my viva was in October 2015. Mm. So yeah, it's been three mm. years. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty much the same process, I guess, because Hong Kong still had yeah, a lot of structures sure. from the UK system, although they were kind of turning towards the American one. Right. Yeah. So we I mean, we don't even have the paper. We don't even do the bindings. Or in Australia, we just yeah. really. upload a PDF. Mm. That's it. Oh. Well, that's that's good. I think that's good, honestly, because I remember yeah. pr- printing like four or five copies of this thing, and then. It was not even the final one, so. Yeah, it's like I I spent like literally the last like three or four days of of like quote unquote writing my PhD, just doing formatting stuff and printing. Oh yeah. And uh, then like finding bits where the references hadn't formatted quite right after I'd printed it and having to redo it and stuff like that. And um, and it's not even like, yeah, the result is not like a pretty document. Uh, the result is kind of uh, a document which has to fit these certain um, oh yeah guidelines and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but it's interesting because um, I mean, I, and this was like so much of the stuff with a PhD. You kind of only find out this stuff. I didn't really know what a viva was when I started my PhD. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. And it's like you just I, like maybe this is something we can talk about more. But it seems to be one of those things where you just learn it from other people who've done it before you and can say, oh yeah, you know, it works like this, or actually, yeah, yeah. it happens this way. And like, I never could quite get my head around the thing of. Um, well, I know you know in the states they do um, like public defenses sometimes, yes. right? Yeah, and in Italy as never... well. Oh, really? Yeah. I had a public defense. I mean, oh. I, technically, I had a public defense as well, but it was not, you know, it was small, not exactly public. I'm no. <laughs> publicized small room in our department, and nobody came. I mean, like your friends can come, but the public. I had forty people. Okay, well, that's great. Yeah, and I think in Italy they're more like that. Like they're, they're advertised. Mm. They happen on, you know in yeah. classrooms and people are expected to go but in, in Hong Kong it wasn't like that is it in, in the but UK had, yeah how, how was it mine yeah so we ours mine had to be published as a book mm-hmm. as an ISBN and we ran a full print run mm. and then I had a public defense where I had 30-40 people in the room mm. and two opponents who grilled me for about an hour and a half okay yeah I invited all my friends but academic people were like the minority. So, your uh, it was in Oulu, right? Finland. Yeah. Finland. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Finland. I have no idea how the Finnish system works. Um, 
if it's in, it's, in, it's very old school old school yeah yeah and i don't know how it works it's, in the u.s um but yeah, overall, I think it, coming back to Asa's point, hmm. um, one of the things that, because we had to publish it as a book, we actually got to learn how to do all the book publishing stuff, how to do like layout and how to negotiate with a printer and all that sort of stuff, things that you wouldn't normally learn how to do. Hmm. Did you also have to print like a number of copies and hand them out to examiners? And yeah, we had like to print yeah. a certain number of copies and we had to send them to the, like the libraries. Oh. at the repository library for oh. the state because okay. i think i remember you said that uh, actually you have to kind of publish your phd like as a you proper... officially have to publish it as a book with an isbn and you have mm. to send it to the central uh, library of finland and a few other places yeah. basically the f finnish phds are published by this is done through the state not through the university so it's essentially a government central government regulation not at individual universities. I remember, Jonathan, that you you had to do this thing in which you kind of had to print your thesis as a book and publish it, put an ISBN on it. Um, yeah. Uh, is it because mine went online, my university's library got it at some point uh, and they just put it on their own portal as a PDF. So it's not really published, uh, but it's accessible through repositories and whatnot. I think this was university regulation that he had to make it go there public it was kind of open access um how is it in the uk do you have requirements for yeah, this yeah similar well i think um i again this is something that i i'm not quite sure like how recent it is and and as and as with all of these things it's just something that i've kind of yeah learned through what other people have told me um mm -hmm. but yeah we've got to I, i believe all of the phds have to be published online eventually but what most people do is they put like an embargo on it after they've oh, uh, right. when they like pass their viva you can like choose to embargo it for uh one year like two years or five years or you can apply for like an extra long embargo that would be like you know 20 years before it goes open access after yeah. that so i think i think we also had the choice but yeah right be, yeah i just said no did you did you embargo it or will you embargo i will i yeah i've been advised to do it for like five years and it's interesting because it's like but i think almost everybody i know from my friends has like embargoed it for okay. as long as they could and it's because it's in the like blurb they give you it explains it as being you know this is about if you've been doing research which is very sensitive and maybe right. or, you know you don't want to it's like a kind of um confidentiality protection or it's a kind of you know i don't want to get any of my informants in trouble or like uh blah 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 but almost but as as i understand it virtually everybody just sticks that five-year embargo on there out of some belief that it then makes it like easier to get it published subsequently yeah, yeah, yeah probably yeah easier to like write it up into a book or to get individual chapters of it republished as articles and stuff like that yeah. and it's just well yeah maybe this is something else to go on to but it's also i was like i want to well i'm hopefully going to put the like i feel i should be saying touch wood for like everything i say about this given that i've not had the vibe yet and stuff like that that's all right it's all my change <laughs> but it's like i'm i'm gonna embargo that for as long as possible just because i'm kind of uh embarrassed about various aspects of it mm. like it's it's a document that i'm kind of proud of in some ways or i'm proud of a lot of the kind of like intellectual labor that went into making it but as a kind of text in itself and again uh maybe 
just make sure this I'll just make sure none of my examiners listen to this podcast uh, is a text in itself there's kind of so much stuff that I'm unhappy uh, about with it yeah I'm mm. kind of like yeah I, I'm, I think uh, I think I didn't embargo it because I thought like whatever like parts of it were already being published as chapters and yeah I wasn't sure if I wanted to make a book I mean I had some contact with book publishers and they were pretty clear that they didn't want a thesis you know like mm. they, they said you, you would need to write it you know from scratch or rewrite it heavily so I thought I already have it and you know I I was kind of I'm still pretty embarrassed by it because this was not like the perfect thing that I wanted it to be and whatever but I still thought I worked a lot on this thing and uh I want people to read it so I just put it on academia and anyways yeah. it was on it was on the library and actually it was read quite a bit uh, I think it's it's one of my most downloaded publications and whatnot. Of course, over three years, but I I don't know if uh, if I mean I'm I'm pretty happy with the choice of not embargoing mm. it eventually. Uh, yeah. Also, I didn't have uh, sensitive things in it, and mm. I didn't make you know crazy claims that I that could put me in trouble or anything. It was pretty vanilla. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. What about like Jonathan and Dino? What's your what's your uh, impression on this? Like the the afterlife or the what are you going to do with the thesis I, so i when i went to write my thesis yeah i saw this as the first my supervisor saw this is this is i'm going to learn how to write a book okay nobody teaches you how to write a book like document until you get to your phd mm, uh-huh. so i always saw my thesis as the first draft of the book and mm. it was never going to be perfect right mm. but it was sort of you're working through the writing process and you hope to god that the person reading us reading it understands it because i had a, a whole my my the issue with my thesis was that it was too much like a book and not not enough like a thesis mm. that's what my most of my public defense was me defending the structure of the book and so i i didn't have a choice to embargo it or not to publish it mm. but at the same time i it's you just had to let it go and yeah it was pretty freaky at the time but now sort of years later it doesn't seem such a bad thing i was i was just gonna say yeah it's funny because like even just talking about this now when i was writing it i was like there were various bits of my thesis that when i was writing it i was like oh my god i i hope nobody i know ever like sits down and reads this and thinks (laughs) this is what i actually think about this or whatever but now i've like done it i feel it's almost this is kind of and it's this thing of like i mean that i know uh we've mentioned before on twitter and stuff like this but this thing of like it's a kind of hazing right and it's yeah, like yeah. anyone who like anyone who's been through that will who who wants to read your thesis will judge it in that light and will be like oh yeah i know not to take this too seriously yeah and sure. anyone who's not been through that is probably not going to actually read the whole thing yeah i would be like amazed if anyone who was not trying to write a phd went to the effort of like reading a phd thesis in its entirety it's yeah. also when you it is work it's it's a it's a draw it's sort of your first it's also very, it's a very personal document when you write a thesis because yeah. you're writing it just yourself for yourself yeah so one of the things i think i talked to you about this on twitter was at some mm-hmm. point you actually have to have someone else go through and delete all the personal things out of it right yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, if, yeah. You're, if you're not going to embargo it someone needs to go through that who's not you and sort of just cross out everything that's got some sort of personal content you mean like personal really like intimate reflection or or, or like dangerous or not dangerous anything, but sensitive stuff yeah anything that makes you look like you're sort of 
because when you write your PhD, you're very unsure of yourself and unsure of your thinking. Right. Yeah. Okay. And so it's good to have someone to go through it and just pull out everything that makes you look like a someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Because so yeah, you don't. You don't. You're learning to write as you go. And so it, it's, it's, I think it's the responsibility of your supervisors to actually do that job of um, taking out the bits that obviously you don't fit in the context of a PhD. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that don't that shouldn't be published. Yeah, that was like specifically. I think that was when we had that conversation on Twitter when I was writing my uh, methods chapter. I think, and mm-hmm. I yeah, I, I remember. I like it was one of those tweets you sent, Jonathan, that I like wrote down on an Evernote thing somewhere because I was like, oh, this is a really good aphorism to come back to or something. But it was something like you know, it it should your methods chapter should be like a confessional, but then it should be a confessional that's like redacted by a party that knows what needs to be redacted or mm. knows the like knows the meta code of like what is sayable and unsayable and uh, i think that was really really helpful advice or it really helped me out at the time when i was writing it did you have someone actually go through your thesis i mean not advisor nor like not academic but someone for me no um no my supervisors i think there's there's my supervisors read through the final document, but then I made some more changes, and I don't think they read it through again. Mm. But they were kind of so familiar with it by that point, I felt bad making them read it anymore. Right. And nobody else, I didn't want to subject anybody like anybody else to it. Uh, I just wanted to get it finished by that point. Because yeah, I remember yeah, you said nobody reads uh, a PhD while well, he's writing a PhD, but I think I read a couple at least mm. of not not of unknown people like strangers, but of a couple of friends. Who, oh yeah, who, sorry, who, I said I meant like um, nobody nobody reads a PhD thesis unless they are like oh, in the process unless, of sure, writing yeah, yeah. one. Okay, but yeah, no, makes sense. like no. And this is like awful, but it's like the way it forces you to think. No civilians, right? Right. Will, yeah. will read a PhD, will like soldier through a PhD <laughs> and be like, oh yeah, I want another 20 pages on this guy's methodology uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to really get yeah. into this. Um, nobody will read it for pleasure. Yeah. Okay. I mean. So, so we're, we're just giving like a military uh, overtone <laughs> to the thing. So there's like civilians and. I mean, but that's that's the that's, that's true. The, that's like, true. Yeah, attitude yeah. it indoctrinates you into, right? Yeah, you kind of have to. You said it really well. You said it really well. I said it's a hazing. Yeah, yeah. And once you, and it becomes this ticket that you need to go and do other things, and so it's sort of like this is my. It's more of an object than a living thing. Yeah, that's true, and it's also something that you never. I mean, you take it for granted that people went through it, and they're now professors or, or whatever. But you never go to actually read their PhDs. I think our uh, my supervisor never shared his PhD, um, mm. uh, and you rarely read people's PhD. I mean, unless they're turning to books and probably so highly polished uh, yeah. version of what it was, which is kind of different because today, I mean, as I said, like you can find my PhD online and I've seen people post their PhDs online all the time. Um, so there's maybe less stigma or less fear. I read my... You read your, 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 supervi- your supervisor's... I read my supervisor's to make myself feel better about the quality that we're up against. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that helps. Yeah. Maybe Dino's a different case. Collecting. Yeah. I have a habit of collecting people's PhD. That's PhDs. creepy, though. Oh. <laughs> If you say like that. I have that. a folder. I have a folder. <laughs> oh, yeah, a folder? I have a folder that uh, so all the PhD thesis I've read. They're now probably over 30 files. Wow. 
Wow. Uh, basically, the name of the person, the university they graduated, and year of their PhD submitted, and um. I mean, I have some. some in, I have really some in Zotero for reference purposes, but you sound more like serial collector. Yeah, it's for collections,、okay. not for like um. Yeah, I've referenced some thesis in my thesis as well, and sometimes I would actually choose the thesis rather than the book,、mm. sometimes because they sometimes you have both, you have both, right? Like yeah, I guess because sometimes the the book publishers kind of shape your thesis into what they need to fit their series you're working with or the slot or the discipline, so you have to cut stuff. That makes sense. Yeah, or just because you become more kind of professionalized and more attuned to what kind of arguments you should you should quote unquote be making and stuff,、yeah. rather than it definitely felt very like raw. A lot of what I was writing and very kind of for for my PhD thesis, it felt quite like、um, unvetted various bits of it. Yeah,、uh, yeah, an advantage in some ways. Yeah, I think it's good. I remember like something that struck me while I was writing it. I don't know if you shared this experience, but in the beginning, like. Introduction, first chapter, literature review, whatever. I spent like months on each thing and just、mm. trying to make it the best. And then I remember some sections of maybe chapter four or five just existing because in half an hour I needed, like, I knew I needed to whip out something and I just typed it and I read it back、mm. and I was like, this is it, like. This is going in, and that's it. I'm not gonna go back <laughs> on this, right? Like first take,、yeah. whatever. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And some citations, you're just like,、um, blah 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 blah. And this, who do I cite? Like, search a PDF, just put it in. Yeah, yeah. You don't yeah, read yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Ha- it's happening. Like people will believe yeah. me. Yeah.、Um, and you kind of <laughs> well, realize. I, yeah, that's true. That happened to me as well. Yeah. For my math, like the, the, the sort of theory plus literature review chapter, I spent.、Uh-huh. Almost five months on it. Almost stuck with it、mm-hmm. because I read so many books for that chapter. I basically familiarized myself with the entirely new, different territory like television studies. I never really, really seriously studied it. Then I have to go over the books just to write that chapter.、Mm. But it's sort of worth it after a while because that chapter is probably it's very series heavy. But I. I'm quite confident of it because、mm. I spent so much time. This is for your、it. PhD or for your well, MPhil? Well, for my PhD. For PhD.、Okay. No, it's also I feel like we're we're talking just to sum up for the audience. We're talking about PhD writing and the process of it in general, but we are all for broadly in the social sciences. I mean, I'm in、yeah. sociology, anthropology. Dino's is kind of the same.、Uh, Asa, your human geography is it? Yeah, yeah. The discipline. Yeah, and I think Jonathan was the same, right? Was you you were also human geography going into ethnography?、Okay. Okay, yeah,、mm-hmm. so yeah, things might be very different、uh, if if listeners are you know in, in math or physics or or, or medicine. Yeah, I believe.、Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think、uh, we have those type of listeners. <laughs> why not? Why not? Who knows? Maybe, maybe. But but、um, yeah, I also feel there is this thing in which you spend a lot of time in certain parts of it because you want to be、mm-hmm. them good. You want them to be good. Like want to make、mm-hmm. all the references. You want to make this like. Groundbreaking arguments, and then you、mm-hmm. have you know the ethnographic、uh, chapters, maybe like with more ethnographic data and content. That that、mm-hmm. actually the thing that you should be paying attention and writing, you know, well because it's your original contribution to things. But、mm-hmm. I mean, in my case, I was just at some point I was just riffling through my my notes, like my field notes, and be like, what do I put in、uh, this, whatever, copy paste. 
try to contextualize it. I, I, I don't have time to go through all the examples and make sure mm-hmm. this is the best of the best I can do. And I, I can probably do it when I do when I write a book, right? And so it, it, you kind of, um, I, I guess it's a learning, it's a process of learning because uh, in the beginning you're quite idealistic about it and you think you have all the time in the world to, to make the best out yeah. of each chapter. And then at some point you're just like, I'll just do it. Uh, nobody's going to yeah. read it. Uh, yeah. I think that that's like that's what make that's what makes to me because I think yeah it wasn't until like I got a few months into actually like the process of writing the PhD kind of post field work uh, the quote unquote writing up year that I it was around then that I first actually like read a PhD thesis mm-hmm. and tried to kind of like understand what is this document doing why is it doing this in this way and like appreciate that rather than just being like oh this is like horrible to read this is like so kind of formulaic and you know mm. doing this like signposting in in chapter x i did blah 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 and i have proven and i am bringing that argument forward blah 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 blah. and i think yeah do you know what you were saying about like so you've read like 35 phd theses that must be like like harrowing that must, yeah it must make you like really well placed to have written one or to like even to like supervise one or something i think it must be like yeah i don't know what have you gleaned from reading 35 phd theses do you have ptsd all of them okay it's more of just taking the stuff i want yeah and then looking at how others have done things yeah it's all from radically different contexts some from the uk some from the us some from hong kong some from australia and you you sort of realize that um, one of the reasons I read those things because I'm really unsure what sort of writing style that I should aim for because um, doing the whole write-up process um, my supervisor was really not happy with my the way I overcomplicate things mm. and mm. Um, both in writing and in ideas so I was sort of trying to learn the methodical way of of writing because I've never until I'm writing this PhD I've never really know what thesis writing is like mm-hmm. even given I actually have Anfield thesis writing experience but that was totally disoriented I didn't know what I was doing mm. yeah I guess because nobody tells you how to do it practically I mean it, it always boils down yeah. to like go home and write yeah right it's never like this is a how you write it, which I think is it's kind of a pity, unless you know some universities have probably writing seminars or workshops, and I believe in the U.S. they probably have uh, actual courses about thesis. Probably writing. better support. Yeah, I, I borrowed a book. Oh. Ha- it was like had the title "How to Write Your PhD." I can find the actual. Is it the book. Echo one? Uh, maybe, but it was it was actually really quite helpful. Yeah, it had the different stages and. Yeah, I also I also read a, some books. Uh, and you know the tips you find online and stuff like that but what i'm what i'm what what i think nobody tells you is like this thing that it's just uh, i was probably taking it too seriously or it's not it's not about serious but taking it to um or something but it would actually boils down to producing things on deadlines and i think that's the Mm. the most important thing that you learn from it from the, the whole process mm. uh you you learn that you know you had you have to have a 10k words chapter by the end of the month mm, and mm, it doesn't matter mm, how how good it is like you just need to have it which which then you know has accompanied me in in, in academia for for the last three years because then you have to you know whatever you publish an article you write a conference paper you a blog post to contribute to something mm. it's that's the baseline like you have to 
to do things, documents by a certain time. I think remember that was Alex uh, years ago told me writing a thesis, writing a paper, but multiply. But I don't think that's true. Not in my experience. I think it's to be. I mean, I was happy with the format in a weird sense because. I had written some papers during my PhD and after and kind of comparing, it's great to have all that space, at least for me, because I want to put everything mm. in, in papers or in chapters. So when you have a PhD, you're like, okay, I can just dump everything I read in this thing and quote it and mm. cite it and um, put things in it. So maybe, I mean, it, it kind of felt like writing a very long paper with very long theory section, method section, a lot of data, and then pull everything together. I don't know about your experience one of the like aphorisms my um one of my supervisors came out with was like they were like the only good uh, no they were like the not the only good phds but there's a common problem with phds and he was saying like when you read them to examine them you um reading a phd that's been written over too long a period is like you know cutting through layers of like sedimentary rock or something it's like this is a very like geographer metaphor to make but he was like you know it's like taking a ge geological sample where you can see this like this person's thought evolving over time and it's mm -hmm. like by the time you get to the end it's not really like doing the same thing as the start was and it's like there's all this like little they were clearly having a good month when they wrote this bit then kind of a right. shit month when they wrote that bit and he was like, all really good PhD theses are written in like three months. Yeah, that's okay. like, um, <laughs> yeah, he was like, the, only, the, <laughs> so the, the best true. way to write a PhD is to like, no, not the best way. And this is the other thing of like, it's, I can, I can really like, I really feel for supervisors because it must be so hard to give advice on this stuff, which is like honest um, mm -hmm. and not like, not just going to like scare people off and or not going to like, be be terribly damaging for them because if you told somebody at the start of a phd you know don't write it until the last three months that would be like the worst thing you could do but yeah. at the end I mean, we can't like, be kind of fun though <laughs> yeah 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 like Maybe see what happens that, to so that yeah. person <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, but yeah just Most this like will fail yeah who knows who knows <laughs> But yeah, this thing of like, he was like, oh yeah, you know, if you want to like write something that's actually consistent, you have to kind of do it all in one chunk. And yeah. the easiest way to do it in one chunk is when you're like driven by this fear of dropping out or like a yeah. deadline. And that's the only time this like, you know, this like disparate sedimentary thing coalesces into like something neat and consistent is when it's under that much pressure. She's like, yeah. yeah, very geological. It's kind metaphor. of it's kind of close to that. Uh, I remember we, we talked about this on Twitter also yeah. when you were writing something. And then um, I suggested that chapter from the Latour book, which is yeah. kind yeah, of a yeah, yeah. go to reference for me because it's so fun. I mean, like that chapter has nothing to do with his theory, I guess. It's just a chapter about how to write things or how to be a graduate student and something like that yeah. um but yeah i mean it's this idea of just you just go and do it you just treat it as a thing that's going to end um and mm -hmm. you're not going to be done by the end of it but you'll have to submit it so it's going to you know have an end point and you just have to produce something that's you know long enough and, and meaty enough and making some points so that it can fit the standards required by the institution yeah. So I guess up to, up to now we kind of said that you wrote your PhD and 
you were not like entirely satisfied with it or happy with it, but you、mm. finished and、um, you embargoed it, and、uh, I didn't, and、uh, we we had kind of different experiences with that.、Uh, a couple of you are still waiting for the、uh, results or for the viva for anyway for like finalizing this thing, but.、Um, I think one interesting point we're moving towards is this question of it's more like abstract question or more meta theoretical question of is is the PhD dissertation at least in the humanities or social sciences still a valid artifact like why is it still there do do you think it's still the best format that your research should end up because you know nobody. Says that it has to be a two hundred page document or a three hundred page document.、Um, yeah. But but at the same time, you you've done some something for three or four or five years、uh, or or longer, and you know you need to be evaluated for it in order to get a degree, and it has this component of enculturing, you know, and skilling, and has kind of a hazing,、uh, academic hazing,、mm. also、mm. to it. But do, do, what do you think about the format? Do you think it's still okay, or do you think you know it would be fine to write? Three or four papers and publish them in journals,、um, or, or or do a documentary or something. What's your ideas after writing a PhD? Yeah, I think it, it's about it's like the I see it as sort of the thousand hours argument that you kind of need to to be good at something. You need to do it a lot,、mm-hmm. and for the first several hundred hours, you're not going to be very good at it. Okay, and so the thesis. So I toyed up with different formats and so many different formats over the. At various points in my PhD, of doing it in various different formats, and in the end, I still didn't do it in the true format.、Mm-hmm. But we ended up settling on writing it as a thesis, as a book, or as a like a long piece of prose, because of that argument that it is sort of proof that proof of concept, proof that you、mm-hmm. can actually do that work within that amount of time. Okay.、Mm. So I still think there is value in actually getting people to write a thesis because it is that sort of practical skills. Work, okay, yeah. So it's like a proof that you can do something for an extensive period of time that you can produce academic writing. That makes sense. Bit like if you, bit like if you are a doctor and you're training to be a surgeon or something, you have to go and spend two years as a registrar just looking and talking to patients. Right. Yeah. Because this is your two years working with text. Hmm.、Mm. Yeah. yeah. Years of working with text <laughs> is like a good way of、uh, putting it. I think it's <laughs> like it's. Yeah, it's a really interesting thing because it's like as much as、uh, I'm now like、uh, like whatever recovering PhD writer, and at the time, if you'd asked me this maybe a couple of months ago, I'd have been like, "Oh no, this is like this is terrible. Why would anyone like the, nobody should be put through this?" Or no, you know, yeah, maybe it,、uh, there's like yeah, there's like. So much imperfect with this like format of forcing people to kind of write something that they're not really, that's not like good in some sense,、uh, in order、mm-hmm. to get them somewhere. But it's it's really interesting, yeah. Just kind of trying to, I guess, trying to kind of think about it from the other perspective. Because I mean, it's nowhere near the same level. But with like some of the, I'm doing some like teaching work at the moment with like、um, undergraduate students and stuff, and getting them to like. Work on these little projects where they, you know, it's like they do a, a very little bit of like empirical research themselves, where they try、right. to gather data about like a city or a place or something, then produce something out of it. And as soon as they start doing it, you're like, oh, I really want to read this stuff. I really want to like. I don't really care if it's like 
good or not. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. want to kind of see what you thought after, you know, spending all this time looking at photos of this particular place or like some of them go and do little ethnography things and like you know go and sit and like observe a space for a certain period of time and you're like i really want to just like yeah i can give you advice about you know how you can make it speak more to this literature but i kind of just want to it's it's really interesting to just yeah have that like space to talk about something in a lot of depth and not um not be worried about like necessarily making it fit into kind of academic currents or publishable or something like that and i kind so of so just the the thought that yeah thoughts or anyway the, the actual uh, thought work maybe, that goes yeah i feel this like it, yeah that's it it's like maybe i think yeah if you could I I kind of feel like the ideal format for a PhD would be like you know a two hundred words like methods chapter of just or uh, sorry two hundred page methods chapter of just you know I started off doing this and I kind of you know just like narrate your experience of doing this research mm, like just yeah, a self-reflexive some, like a yeah, meta-reflexive yeah, 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 thing yeah, yeah, yeah I can draw some conclusions from this but I'm like you know the the person writing it never like disappears from the document themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I don't know. Um, there is a longer methods chapters in my university. You have two kinds of thesis mode. One is the thesis mode, like normal thesis mode. You have other project mode. So with project mode, there's one. So like practice blur. based. You, yeah, practice based. So if you are say a novelist, you can do a PhD. What you can do is. Mm. You have a PhD in creative writing, but you write a novel or some experimental fiction, whatever that that is. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to uh, conform to any sort of conventional thesis stand. It can be really, really creative. It doesn't matter. But then after that, you have to write a reflexive, just like what Asa said, two hundred pages of what, how do, you, how do you came about this thing? Okay. What What's the journey of that? That's kind of interesting. That's the same if you, in Finland, if you did your PhD by publication, you would write three or four articles, and then you would write, they call it a synopsis, but essentially was a 200 page, it should be 50, 60 page sort of story of how you got to create the articles, sort of, and and that's a framework, yeah, and and that can be really personal, because obviously articles have to be quite scientific. But that people sort of the personal sort of framed as the personal journey that got you to write the articles. Mm. And it was... Oh, that sounds really cool. And in the examination, it made a lot of difference because when you come to examine it, the examiners will actually look at the three articles, the articles first, and then they'll go to the synopsis to sort of summarize them and sort of tie Mm. them together. And if you pour your heart out into the synopsis, it doesn't reflect back on your articles. It's sort of like, okay... The articles are the articles, and then the synopsis mm. is sort of the venting of the person who wrote the articles. Right, yeah. which isn't bad. Yeah, I, I think I like this idea. And over, I mean, it's been three years, and I think uh, at least two or three chapters of my PhD have become book chapters or papers. I mean, sliced in different ways and, and you know, kind mm. of dismembered and put back together. But uh, at least I think the, the kind of literature review I did has become two or three things has become articles and, and chapters uh, like book chapters for edited collections so at, at right now i think that you know i'm not going to publish it and if i publish a book from my phd it's going to be a complete reworked version of it mm-hmm. because I, you know it's 
some time has passed I have a different perspective on things so it was not going to be a book and the way that I wrote it it's kind of now it's turned into a different thing so I, I sort of wish that I could have done that I, I wish I could have done uh, like write chapters as articles to be submitted to different things because um, that yeah. would have given me some kind of like flexibility I wouldn't have needed to like stick with this overarching framework of the thesis that maybe you know at the beginning makes sense and then it starts not making sense and you have to kind of pull things together all the time yeah yeah um, if you if I kind of had the, the opportunity to write you know chapter by chapter and write a chapter about methods and publish it in a you know, ethnography journal and then write a couple of chapters about data and put them in different journals and you know, not have this like the pressure of making it be this cohesive thing, but just mm -hmm. making a thing afterwards. Like you published four articles, you pass the requirements, you just drag, you draw them together with an introduction and a conclusion, and that's like your graduation material. I think I would mm -hmm. have enjoyed that, you know, probably a bit more. I don't know about you. It sounds in theory like it would be a good idea, but the challenge is uh -huh. if you're doing ethnography, like ASA or myself right. yeah you can't write the article until like it's one of the things that the synopsis does is that actually most of the work in the synopsis is explaining why you said why your three articles contradict each other because oh. of, <laughs> over the course of the three or four years of writing yeah. a phd your original article which is usually your literature review is um superseded or like you i've a lot of the yeah. people that i work with over their three or four articles, they're literally the first article and the fourth article are completely contradictory. Yeah. And so you actually have this. I think it's great. Yeah, great. I think that's great. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, that's exactly the point, right? Yeah. That'll be a great journey yeah. to, to yeah. really uh, exp explain. But it comes back to what Asa was saying very early on about how you don't know whether you want people to read your PhD thesis and you want to embargo it. From an emotional yeah. standpoint, it's really hard yeah. to actually have to go back and walk like very good learning to go and actually at the end of your four years as a PhD student walk back half of what you've already written already published oh yeah yeah most definitely yeah what's the the tweet about like I'm such a committed student so a student of dialectics I'm like constantly at war with the person I was six months ago yeah or that, that like reading my thesis feels a lot like that um yeah neat like so one of the things I should have like talked about this when we were talking about the actual process of like writing it itself but one of the things that I did for better or worse and it's like this weird uh, I've, you know yeah you learn a lot about yourself and how you can like motivate yourself to write when you're doing this stuff and I started doing like I made a Google form where I just would enter the word count of whatever chapter I was working on every day oh, and wow. then at the end I I had this like I put it on Twitter yeah, and I, I had this like stupid like graph of like each chapter growing and then shrinking and like yeah. <laughs> like eventually like settling into this like stupid hundred thousand word thing and that was like I'm so glad I did that because it's like partly partly a thing of like if I didn't have well yeah so I look back at it and I look back at how some of those some of the like empirical chapters were like written in the course of like a week when I had yeah. a deadline to meet and I was like oh man you know, 3,000 words every day. I'm going to, like, stay up drinking Red Bull and, like, um, yeah, just, like, type this out and, like, get this done. And, like, if I didn't have that evidence, like, mm. on that graph of, like, yeah, no, you did that, you wrote that whole chapter in, like, a week, I think I would, like, 
I would like retrospectively be like, oh no, I handled that fine. I was like, I was really, oh, yeah, yeah. I, you know, I got it done <laughs> totally. Yeah. And like, that was, that was like, you know, I look back at that graph and I'm like, oh yeah, there were, there were lessons learned in this process. There yeah. was like, uh, <laughs> both, well, I, like, I saw on Twitter recently, someone uh, posting this thing, like, um, if you go into word, and you go to document properties, you can see how many minutes you worked on a certain document. Oh, I did that. Really? And so I did it uh, for yeah. my thesis. Uh, and it was like, it was not much, but then I realized that I worked on my thesis in layers. Mm. So most of my field notes were in Evernote. Yeah. So that yeah. doesn't count. And then I wrote each chapter yeah. um, as Evernote notes, kind of a structure. And then I turned to word, individual word files. So I would have to go mm -hmm. back to like mm -hmm. the word files first and then the final version and count i still have to count but you can kind of do it retrospectively that, that, you know yeah. you said you were you tried or because i i doing the write-up i mostly work on a single document i put this right different version of it and back up but then mm -hmm. there's a sort of mothership file that remained over a year and a half or two years that mm -hmm. document logged like a thousand five hundred hours which is actually not that much thinking about the time spent yeah 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 i find that yeah but that mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that number yeah. cannot be accurate because sometimes it can include just when you've got left it open you've gone to make a cup of coffee and come back again sure yeah when you've like alt tabbed to twitter and stuff <laughs> that's, included, <laughs> that's included in the number of hours probably yeah, <laughs> yeah. but I, I think it's it's quite interesting also i think it's something different uh discipline by discipline because at least for me, in the you know the theory chapters and the method chapter, most of the writing happened you know like when I was walking to campus or back home, and I'm just like my brain is you know firing and like writing sentences in my head, and then you know I go get home and I just mm -hmm. type them. Mm -hmm. But for the ethnographic chapters, most of the writing probably happened on the field, like while I was taking the notes, because in some cases I just you know clumped together a bunch of field notes and, and woven a kind of narrative about that them. Happens the, to me. The writing it happened in different times it happens during your field work or yeah it takes a lot of time yep. to rewrite it to the those films sure. into like i don't know workable english mm -hmm. yeah yeah but what i'm saying like what what asa just said about the hour, logging the hours right we all try to, to log our hours it's uh, it's it's cool and useful uh but also kind of hides the fact that at least for me like all this writing was actually done you know at yeah, different for times sure, for sure. and uh, you know, sometimes I'm just like yeah. coming up with, with, with the chapter's big theoretical point, you know, under the shower when I thought I had no more ideas. And then suddenly, like, you probably all have the same experience, right? You just come up with things and, yeah. like, obsess with them yeah, for yeah, yeah. days. You just talk to yourself and then suddenly, like, yeah, okay, I'm yeah, going to yeah, write yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hashtag shower thoughts. Yeah. Uh, one thing I did... Uh, right after i submitted I, I think i posted it on twitter maybe i can find it and post it back it was quite similar i did like a text analysis of my thesis like a, oh, i don't yeah. know if you remember it was like uh word trees and frequency counts oh, and whatnot yeah. and it was quite fun because you can kind of see how you know each chapter it's kind of obsessed with one thing like chapters yeah. were really like obsession about something i was just repeating the sentences trying to make a point um so you have these words that just come back and forth and it's kind of nice to to do this kind of metrics on your writing because uh, it's easier to know what your thesis is about. Like eventually, I think I picked my title from that, just from the words that were recurring the most. Um, mm. It's kind of applying That's a really a good idea. big data analysis to your own writing. 
yeah, self bibliometric. Yeah, self bibliometrics. We talked a lot about you know the mechanics of like writing this thing. Yeah. And yeah. when I was like kind of jotting down some ideas, what to talk about here, I ended up writing. It's this really interesting thing of like you know re readjusting to like quote unquote real life after mm -hmm. writing the PhD is a kind of process of like rediscovering uh, what you do with that time or what you do without that like it was that thing of like the first time I had like a free weekend after finishing the yeah, PhD yeah. I was like oh cool so what am I going to do on, I don't have any plans on Saturday so I guess I'll, yeah. I'll do some work on oh but wait there isn't there isn't like this big other to do work on yeah like there's no sudden. hovering like this terrible yeah, thing hovering exactly. yeah. and I mean yeah. like obviously there is because there's like apply for jobs publish stuff and stuff like that but that's all sure. like so much more kind of uh, manageable in various ways yeah and also and like you put that on yourself I mean you, you also put it on yeah. yourself but, but in a way it's like this big thing that you have to deal with and yeah other publications yeah I some I, I you know I plan to do things and I don't do them and like I'm fine with it yeah <laughs> yeah yeah exactly but it's also this and so I was like trying to think about because I was like looking at the process of writing a PhD as kind of like at its at its worst it, it felt like you know stripping back various like aspects of what I consider to be of, of aspects that I consider like formative to my kind of identity mm -hmm. in some way like like I've just not like consumed uh, like this is not the best example but it's like I've not consumed any like Chinese media I've not really kept up right. with like Chinese films or like yeah. I've not been on Weibo for ages and stuff like yeah, that yeah, yeah. over the last year of writing because I was just like like I don't I, I can't like handle that right now and I yeah can't, I think like, in one sense is something like the uh, people tell you a lot about you know you go to the field work and then you come back and you have to like distance yourself and yeah you know all this stuff and when when you're doing field like I remember when I was on field work I was like I'm never coming back like yeah I'm gonna go back to mm -hmm. Hong Kong but I'm you know I'm still be, gonna be engaged and I'm gonna keep collecting yeah. data and putting in you know, you know and then y you can't really like yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, I probably yeah. I I kept I kept using WeChat and I kept checking out things, but I like I was totally not engaged in yeah, in stuff. yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um, and it's also and just I, I wasn't. Uh, it's like also the year eight months, I, I guess eight seven eight months of writing my PhD, like from mm -hmm. when I actually sat down and started doing it to when I submitted it. They were probably the worst year of my life. I don't know if like mm -hmm. it's probably still true. <laughs> And uh, yeah. I don't know if it's true for you or if it's going to be true in a few years, but yeah, um, it was very dreadful. And it was like just the way it impacts on your personal life. Um, yeah. Also, I was stuck in a university dormitory. Like I was living in the dorms. Oh, my God, man. Um, like your stipend is kind of running. Like, you know, that you had yeah, just a yeah, few yeah, more yeah, months. Yeah. Um, I was not like I was applying for jobs because, you know, the peer pressure and people tell you, oh, you start looking job market or whatever yeah, and yeah. not getting the jobs. And, mm, you know, have mm, this thing of like, I'm going to finish this and then I have to move back home and I'm like my failure. Yeah. You know, it's just, oh um, my God, yeah, yeah, it all adds up. And I was very miserable. Like I remember one day, like in Hong Kong, I had this routine of, you know, wake up at like 10 or 11, go have a certain breakfast then go to the library, then write, 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 or, or maybe like yeah, read yeah. and take notes and put in the thesis. And by, you know, by midnight, you have to have done a thousand, two thousand words, like they yeah, have to be yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Good. And, you know, I remember at some time coming back home at night, I was like, 
I don't even know what time. Like I don't know what day is it. How long I've been doing this? It just feels like yeah. terrible. Um, what have I become? That kind of stuff. Um, and I look yeah, back at totally. it, and I'm like, why did I do? It? Like, why did I submit myself <laughs> to this? Um, why did I take it yeah. so seriously? Or you know, but everybody, I think, yeah, exactly, does exactly. to a certain extent. Yeah. This is, so. Yeah, and it's a funny thing because I was trying to think about it as like. And I think, like, when I frame that to myself, it's also just a thing of, you know, this is, like, it's a certain type of person who ends up, generally a certain type of person who ends up doing academic work with mm-hmm. with certain, like, neurotic uh, tics or whatever. And it's, like, so much of, you know, so much of the PhD experience for me was, like, uh, like frustration that I hadn't broken out of the habits of like undergraduate where I was like save this till the last moment and then mm, like yeah. work flat out on it yeah. and feel this like <laughs> yeah I'm like I'm in a state of exception now but that's only going to last for another like month or so and then mm-hmm. I'll be back to like integrating my work and like my self-expression or whatever and that yeah that was like but yeah it leads to you kind of looking at this period of like writing the PhD as a period of like uh, lack in some sense and like yeah. you are not doing certain things that are like that make you happy uh, because like I don't know yeah out of like self punishment or out of like a feeling that they're like distracting you from um, yeah sure the task yeah, at hand and stuff thing. like that but I was also like in that process trying to think about um, what do you end up doing instead right mm-hmm. like what like because actually I did do loads of stuff that wasn't my thesis but it was not um it was it was not necessarily stuff that like made me happy or that I like felt like I wanted to be doing like what was it well this is it I am going to like I really want to sit down and write like a history of my PhD by like um like corners of youtube that i have like watched mm. obsessively <laughs> yeah, over yeah. the course of like the whole thing <laughs> yeah i can relate like, yeah equally this was like a thing where like during uh, particularly the first few months of field work when i like didn't know anyone in my field site and was like what what the what the hell have i done why have i like <laughs> why am i yeah. like subjecting myself to this or whatever i like yeah certain like youtube channels or like corners of popular culture that i just got like super super into yeah in a way that yeah in a way that like i think i'm you know i'm like naturally inclined to that kind of like stuff and i think kind Mm -hmm. of everybody is on the internet to some extent particularly people with like uh non-strict job hours who have like grown up around it millennials etc but it's like uh, yeah i took it to another level at various bits of the phd and it was particularly like um somebody recommended to me this this channel which is just like a youtube channel which is just these guys um go it these guys in britain and they go around theme parks and review theme parks oh, on yeah, like yeah, a yeah. gopro yeah and it's just like it's just <laughs> i i don't even like like theme parks particularly, yeah, i get it <laughs> but you end up like watching and they do these like you know four hour unedited videos of them going around like <laughs> disneyland and you just watch it to like learn their interpersonal dynamics yeah, and yeah, you're yeah, like yeah. oh you know this guy is totally being marginalized within the group <laughs> and they upload like five a week and you, you end up like watching yeah, every yeah. one of them yeah. that's like yeah that if I could have if I was to write a uh, maybe if I write like a, a longer version of my methods chapter there'll be like a YouTube playlist yeah but I mean even the, I guess even a paper about you know academics 
yeah. basically going crazy because yeah. and honest it was it was the same for me and i remember i mean i was uh, yeah i was living in the dorms i was having this like super stable routine and mm. like i ended up playing a lot of video games but yeah know, video games that i would never have played like smartphone yeah. games um yeah 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 and just sure, obsessing sure. obsessing over like this i don't even remember but you know like candy crush level stuff not candy crush but the kind of yeah. things that were probably like terrible games that were just mindless yeah but yeah. that i had tasks and, and it's weird because you have ta like you have a phd which is the yeah. task but you kind of get into <laughs> more tasks that are like automatable yeah. and y you feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. you have a duty to to level up your character yeah. or whatever yeah and the same with youtube videos like i started watch i remember like when i realized what i was doing is i was like falling into this rabbit hole of ballistic gel youtube so oh. it was like americans oh, okay americans buying like you know ballistic gel like this thing you can yeah. shoot into and see the the, the traces of the like oh the, yeah the vectors of the bullets yeah, and whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. there's people with channels that actually buy human shaped ballistic gel <laughs> And then attack it with <laughs> with different weapons, like with, with swords or maces or whatever, and then analyze the impact and whatever. I was just like watching this, like committed to the thing. And at some point, I was like, "What is? Why am I? Like, oh why God. am I into this?" Yeah. But I also yeah, see I like feel that's the, like a that's a metaphor for like self-flagellation of the PhD. Yeah, right? but in some sense. yeah, but also like I was generally interested and. <laughs> and I was committed to this thing. Like I wanted to, you know, I, yeah, as you said, like I knew the, I knew the guy. It's kind of like I knew the guy <laughs> yeah. and I started listening to some podcasts. Some of them I still listen to, but like, you know, at night, uh, before going to sleep. And then, you know, after a while, you just, you, you feel, you know, those people and you're kind of like, yeah, totally, you can, totally. yeah, which I guess it's kind of, uh, both. Uh, you know, you do things that give you tasks that are, you know, more uh, satisfactory than the mm. endless task of writing. And also because you become totally asocial. So you, you kind of find other ways of uh, compensating for sociality and just like watching YouTube videos or yeah, getting into yeah, like, definitely, definitely. intimacy with uh, with people you, you don't like. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Making Twitter, making up for that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really funny. I was doing, I'm doing like a, this writing course at the moment to help. I mean, it's not really intended for people like me who've already finished their PhDs, but to help mm. you write up articles. And we had to do this like self-reflexive exercise of like recording uh, hour by hour what we were doing with the week. So you record. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was actually doing my emails for three hours this morning when I thought yeah. I was quote unquote working, but I didn't actually do any writing in that whole time because I was dealing with emails the whole time. And then when we came back to have the, like, workshop and they did the, so how did everyone find this? What did they? <laughs> and, like, there was such, like, silence around the room because, I mean, I think nobody experiences that as, like, a positive. Very few people come away from that, like, with a record that they're happy with. And one, yeah. one of the uh, women in the room was, like, I have, like, uh, one period on my timesheet where I, I watched YouTube for, like, 12 hours. And I was, like, so so much respect for her to just, yeah. like, come out with that unprompted. Yeah. Uh, and everybody else was like, oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. Um, but, yeah, YouTube habits of, like, PhD students would be... Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the new TV, like, before you were just you yeah, know, binge, binge so, on yeah. TV or... or 
whatever. But I was going to. I had something I could talk about, but I could always uh, save it for later on. I was just gonna. The guy is he like coming out of the courthouse? The gif. Do you know oh, the you one? It's who coming out of it's the like, courthouse. It's like it's like um it's like the meme. It's just like the seven second little clip of a guy uh, entering a room with loads of journalists, and he's got like a tracksuit on, and he just looks around oh, like yeah, disdainfully. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, yeah. Who's that? And it was like so. Yeah. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. But it was like really interesting because a friend was like describing this to me and being like, "Have you seen the meme? It's great." <laughs> And it's like such a hard thing to describe. And when he was like yeah. describing it, I was like, this sounds like terrible. Oh, what is this? But it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's the funniest thing. Um, and But the guy himself, he's like, he was like convicted for housing. Um, he's like a guy who lives in Paris who was convicted for housing some of the terrorists who um, committed, who um, carried out the shootings in Paris in like 2015. Okay. Um, I can't. I can't remember his name. I had it written down somewhere, but yeah, it's the. Okay, the, the, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know the backstory. I've seen this meme yeah. a bunch of times on Twitter, and in the beginning, I was like, "What is this?" And then, because people captioned it, it was all about you know yeah. retweeting and exactly. like, captioning yeah, 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 yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, and I think it was pretty hilarious, and also yeah, it's, it's kind of an uncanny clip. And I don't, I didn't even know it was a cartoon. I thought it was like maybe something right, from a yeah. tv series or, or, or exactly yeah, yeah 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 it was only after like doing a bit i was trying to like google it again to show to somebody and it brought up loads of articles saying you know people are like upset that this guy has become a meme or a source of like hilarity and apparently i think it, they were saying like in france in particular people have like started digging up other photos of him and trying to use them as meme templates and stuff Okay, so is it becoming like an alt-right um, meme? Like oh, Pepe, I or? don't know about that. I didn't <laughs> okay. even think about it from that angle. But I mean, it could. Oh, I don't man. know. Yeah. I mean, what? Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I guess. No. But so for now, for now, it's just people upset that it's like a serious, tragic. It's a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exactly. Well, yeah. I guess now they have Assange, so they have the Assange clip. So. <laughs> people yeah. can capture oh i mean people have started <laughs> captioning that already so yeah, yeah i was gonna do that as a like you know me finishing my phd uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> drag to the viva right or, yeah. or, or out of the viva i don't know depends <laughs> all right i guess i guess this is a great uh wrap-up moment mm-hmm. uh we can use assange in the cover art for this episode yeah um, yep uh, thanks asa for joining us and uh, discussing oh, no about worries. phd writing it's been great um mm. and uh it's been a great great topic for our first episode of our second season or whatever i'll decide to call it mm. um thanks dana and jonathan for joining us as well Thank you. uh enjoy your wedding yep. uh i hope it's not my wedding, nice not my wedding. wedding. <laughs> yeah i yeah, know i mean the wedding the wedding you have to attend yep yeah. Thank you, Gabriel, okay. for hosting. And, um, Thank you. Yeah, it's my pleasure. And um, the audience <clears throat> can follow us on the usual channels. Uh, we're pretty much all podcasts app, <clears throat> as usual, and Mixcloud. And we have a Twitter account at CWGI Boys. I think that's mm. still the handle. And uh, so see you next time. Mm-hmm.